Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt and Paul, helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. I am already recording. Don't know why I should have did the 5, 4, 3 like I normally do and then count. Anyway, this is the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast episode number, I think, 178. Could be 179. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Um, today I have with me Jonathan Lewis. Hello, Johnny. You said my name properly. The only times when he uses my name properly is when I've done something wrong. I thought you'd get a C-bomb when you've done something wrong, but oh. as we just had a conversation about C-bombs, but... No, okay, and uh, we. That is. <laughs> well, we also have a guest today, which you haven't had a guest in a while. Um, people have been enjoying the kind of different content, the, the, the kind of the rawness, the conversational, hearing more of Johnny's Welsh, Welsh, Welsh accent. So, but we can carry that on today. We're just got a guest. Doesn't mean we can't keep it that way. Um, we have today, Amy Ramshed. Brat. <laughs> I knew she's gonna be pissed off. You did not. <laughs> uh, should I call you a Rambo or not Ramshead? You can call me, to be fair, you can call me whatever you want. Ram's head. Oh, no. I can't believe that just happened. Uh, oh, It's like, right, how, how, how could I fall into that type of trap? <laughs> I, don't, I tell you the story about once where I stayed in a hotel and I rang down to reception and they said, hello, Miss Ramshit. And I was like, you just called me Ramshit. <laughs> Was you in somewhere like Dubai? uh an asia asian country somewhere yeah they would say yeah. i don't mean to be offensive but someone you sort of expect it wouldn't you i suppose exactly yeah yeah was yeah. it was it an accent thing or a cultural thing or just purely a mistake do you think it was possibly all three plus the fact i was really tired so i might have misheard it but i'm pretty sure they said ram shit but no ram's head <laughs> she says that with such disdain yes although no, so much passive aggressiveness ram's head. <laughs> Um, I did. I. 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 I should have. Well, I did say to Johnny before I was going to do that, just because I thought it'd be funny to pee you off. But um, yeah, I thought I had to qualify that because if not, you might think I did it by accident and not on purpose. But you're all right, mate. Jo- Johnny can confirm that was discussed prior to you joining the call. So it was. Well, the one-way discussion. He told me he was going to do it. I went. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, we have Rambo or Amy Rambo Ramshed with us. <laughs> I don't know if you want to just introduce yourself. Um, you've had a mention on the podcast before, so listeners might recognise the name or they might know you personally anyway. But do you want to introduce yourself for those that don't know you? Hi. Um, hi, I'm Amy. So um, Brett and I have connected a few times over Instagram, really. Mm. Whoa, 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 I'm married. <laughs> Calm down. Um, a few times over Instagram, just with regards to your podcast and content and um yeah we we chat about very interesting fitness and nutrition related stuff that comes up and pisses us off in the sphere every so often um i have spent the last 12 years as an international flight attendant for an uh, australian airline and then fucking covid came and (laughs) messed everything up um and i've just taken my redundancy and i've used the time since march really to make the transition into the fitness and nutrition world so um i've been a pt for five years six years um 
but kind of only did it because I loved training, then never used it for about four years. Um, and then when this happened, I was like, right, okay, let's get cracking. Um, got a few clients, started coaching at my gym, which is a um, strength and conditioning aka used to be a crossfit gym so got my crossfit level one as well and then just finished my level three nutrition coaching qualification so again just taking on a few more online clients in the nutrition sphere like yourselves really um so yeah the last few months have been a bit crazy a big period of transition for me um trying to establish myself in this mad mad industry um and yeah started my own podcast during this time as well which kind of like you two just came just from a conversation over zoom with one of my friends in the fitness world and then we were like we should record this this is absolute gold and we started our our own podcast as well and we're on episode 32 i think is coming out tomorrow so um yeah, so that's been my crazy journey for the last few months, really. And it's just been a little bit of a whirlwind. And then um, I think you invited me on this week off the back of a conversation we had um, about about social media, really, wasn't it? And about, like, all oh, the bullshit we see and yeah. authenticity well, and how difficult it can actually be to be your true authentic self and present that version of yourself on social media and whether we actually do that or whether that is actually possible anyway or do we create this version of what we hope to be our authentic self and then does that ultimately give us a persona it's um it's been a really interesting question and really interesting to discuss and then it's something that i find myself thinking about a lot trying to establish myself in this industry yeah yes so yeah it definitely came off the back of well, you forced me to listen to your podcast. Like, I didn't want to, clearly. Like, Obviously. Why, why would I? Because it's far funnier than your podcast. Johnny's giving me the wanker sign. What a bastard. <laughs> um, no, no, in all seriousness. Uh, yeah, I, I guess like we, we obviously had similar thought, thought kind of processes or views about it around it can be difficult as, I suppose even still relatively new to industries, both of us. You know, I include myself in that. Um, and also not kind of having the followings that obviously some of the people that you've referred to within your podcast, you you mentioned James Smith as one who, who we've obviously had on our podcast back in the day when we actually first started out. So it's a long, long time ago now. And he's grown and changed a lot, I think, even in those periods himself. And the conversation came around, like if, if we're talking specifically about him, it's like how do people kind of, put in put out this persona on social media and, and what what real part of them is is actually them or is it really them trying to kind of create something that's going to be interesting to people or create mm-hmm. a you know a persona that is going to be something that makes them stand out from the rest of the industry and then if that is the case how much of that is ethical how much of that is something that you think like you'd be prepared to do to gain a following gain a foothold in an industry that is you know incredibly tough to crack and i will probably touch on that hopefully around kind of what are your experiences in terms of trying to grow your brand your business you mm-hmm. you know all the things that are, they're all obviously encompassed into one in a minute but or, like i say just how, how much do, I, I, do we think people are willing to do to kind of get their way in an industry that's incredibly difficult like mm-hmm. how, how many how, how, how much of people's ethics are they prepared to kind of sacrifice or no, do is do they even see it as that to a certain extent as well? I mean, obviously, we're talking about the James Smith thing. I think the conversation we had is I said that when we had James on our podcast, I felt he was very much. 
No, so actually, let, let me preface this a little bit. So I, I think James himself at the time still had this kind of laddie persona, just not to the extent I think that he has now. Um, so obviously, just your the conversation you had was around how he had an altercation with one of his followers, didn't particularly like his response, um, and it maybe felt a bit overly brash and just something like again, he's just put up this facade of persona. Correct me if any of this is not accurate. But I think that's yeah, like um. The conversation we had was, I liked half of it. It started off really, really well and really funny and typical like James Smith bants, you know? You're like, oh, yeah, that's really funny. You're, It's like it comes from an educated place. And then he just went on to be downright rude. And I was like, that's not really necessary, in my personal opinion, anyway. And actually, like, why did you feel the need to include that when you've just made your point so well? Is it part of the persona and the, you know your brand that you're or the association that you've built up with your brand with your calorie fucking deficit and all this kind of stuff that you felt you had to go down that path like I'm I just wasn't sure about how much of that was genuine but then I think if I if anyone challenged him on that he'd be like yeah of course it's me like that's exactly how I feel but anyway I don't yeah. know if that's a side no, note no no it's not because it's relevant because that's the bit I want to just clarify and I think for jo- Johnny I don't you obviously didn't you haven't listened to to obviously Amy's and uh, sorry what was your co-host name uh, Andy. Andy, sorry. I knew that. And for some reason, it escaped me. And I didn't want to have a guess and then get it wrong. So, sorry, That's Andy. Right. I'm more horrified that Johnny hasn't listened to my podcast. I mean... What a bastard. I know. Yeah. I've, at least I've subscribed. This might be awful. I can't believe he's done that. <laughs> <sighs> I, I haven't listened to any of our own. Oh, simply because I don't like hearing myself speak. No. I thought I'd be like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. I thought I'd be like that when we started because I hate my voice. And obviously, like, being a flight attendant and I was the manager, so I used to do all the PAs. So you just get used to this awful whiny. Yes, Johnny. Johnny's doing, like, an aisle safety demo. That wasn't an aisle safety demo. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I used to hate my voice, but then, like, I kind of had to... And this kind of links in quite well as what we're going to talk about, about establishing yourself, like... I loved recording the podcast so much that I didn't want it to become something I then critiqued and hated. So I didn't listen to start with, but I do listen now, actually. Mm. Uh, and you'll probably be pleasantly surprised, Johnny. You do come across quite well. He 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 likes the bodybuilder type podcast, though. So yeah, he yeah. listened to Broderick Chavez and the likes and Mike Isretel. That's, and... that's the only guy I listen to, the only person Bro. now. Because um, you listen to so many people do you think, oh, they, they've all got similar different ideas, oh, I'll pick one, and that's it. Yeah. Um, just take, so taking it back, part of, the, part of the reason I kind of want to bring that up is because for, for, for the context of the actual topic of what you just spoke about in terms of what James did, so like mm. you say, he um, answered something in a relatively scientific and acceptable way, but then went in to use drop load of C-bombs and basically just did his usual, like, aggressive or yeah kind of aggressive laddie kind of you know whatever that you whatever you want to describe that persona as and um i suppose it's kind of like the conversation that led from that and what we had so me and you had over um message i said that i'd be very surprised if james was like that in real life um i'm sure there's elements of that that i think is probably realistic and and genuinely him and in, in, in his personality but certainly from the the kind of the impression that i got when we spoke to him back in i like i can't remember when it was but it would have been easily 2017 i'm gonna guess um he came he came across as actually quite like introspective polite nice um mindful and just seemed like you know well read and none of it came across particularly brash or ma- or, mm. or kind of like the type of persona that he gives away now now clearly he did have that um 
almost persona on social media at that time because I mean I think even before we saw him and um or sorry even when we spoke to him when we saw his kind of like his online presence but when he's then started to get kind of big it was the kind of like the jokey piss taken type videos what he does um just probably not to the extreme I think they are now but I think the first one I remember seeing was something about he was explaining or, or mocking people that say I don't like I don't have time to count macros or use my fitness pal and then he, he did like a jokey video of someone going nah I ain't got time to do that and then they're sitting on the phone like aren't they pissing around on Instagram on the sofa and then someone else says on it and I ain't got time to do that and then he's on the toilet on his phone or so I just can't remember but basically I remember thinking it's quite funny and thinking oh yeah mm. so that's about right because it is it is kind of the people that say don't have time they clearly have time they just don't prioritise or if they see it's too big of a problem to track actually well you know you don't everyone no one has to track to lose weight but it might be a good opportunity for you to learn kind of the energy density of foods you know that's that is a tool that has actually has an educational benefit so it's kind of all these things where he's mocking which i think he's just gone like so basically the point of that whole conversation really was that i i don't know whether he's changed over time as he's got more famous or he's got better known or has he had to kind of do more as in develop so his personality or his persona his perception of everything you know people get bored of it if it stays the same and i think over a number of years he's probably had to make it more extreme or kind of get more brash or just do something that has a kind of like more shock effect and i guess dropping a load of sea bombs on someone to say about so what the comment around that was that uh some someone that mentioned they didn't they their sister or, or friend or someone had an eating disorder and obviously yeah, their they felt was... eat, yeah their sister had an eating disorder and um yeah stop telling people to count calories or be in calorie deficits um yeah, my sister's got an eating disorder, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, your sister probably follows me for the bants. Um, and then he went on to be like, F off, you see you next mm. Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, so I, I suppose like, let's, 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 let's bring that. Unless Johnny, you've got anything, do you want to add to that topic or segment? How has it made you feel, mate, listening to that? Because I am really, because I don't really know what he said. So I got no feelings on it, but He's basically just abusive to somebody who didn't, who yeah, basically not... expressed some negative feedback about some of his content and basically said that you could be causing people to continue or have eaten or be negative for people having eating disorders. So he dropped a lot of C bombs on them, telling them to piss off, basically. Probably on there, but if, it's, if it was how we behave in real life, we would say, All right, that's how you behave. You're a bit of a dick, but at least you're true to yourself. But like it's easy, we like that because most people are not like that in face to face there's loads of shit on Facebook and Instagram that people wouldn't dare see their seven face because they I... don't reaction of the other person and but... that's the point I made like Instagram is this kind of highlight reel of everything like so is the person that you're presenting the actual true version of yourself and obviously you always post the good stuff you never post the bad stuff I mean people are getting a lot better at doing that but is is it just is that his true authentic self or is that just the persona that he's had to magnify in order to gain more attention to get him where he needs to be? I think if, if it's highly magnified, it's going to be awkward in real life. People assume he, look, he is this guy and if he's a meek like a little kid, he's going to look a bit of a dickhead, isn't he? So it, it, eventually, if you're not yourself, you're going to get caught out. Yeah. At some point, you know, you're going to do something. You go, actually, you're not like that. Mm. You're all right, though. You're a dick, or whatever. And you're going to get found out eventually. But that was my uh, problem. You see, yeah. everyone, everyone says I'm so lovely, and then they meet me in real life and say he's such a dick. <laughs> he's such a dick. 
uh, I just, just bring so I guess like trying to seg- segue this into some of the stuff I do want to talk about um, in just kind of starting it out and as I say building your own uh, empire um, <laughs> do you I'm trying to think I'd pose the question I suppose so how how have you found it in terms of trying to develop your business um, what have you felt is most difficult and I, I suppose I'll, I kind of want to get some comments on around this kind of idea of authenticity and kind of align it with that um, yeah. just because I've seen tons of fitness professionals and I've, I've kind of shared my own kind of annoyance with certain stuff around kind of authenticity and the fact that it's got quite subjective in itself is difficult because obviously you can't really say what's authentic in one individual's context compared to another's but I have seen this kind of like trend of people like almost like tryhards trying mm. too hard to be like contrary or trying to be like something to stand out which is not not to the same extent of James's kind of brashness if that's it's just the, the term I just want to keep using for that because I don't know how else to describe it but kind of more like people are just just being kind of like oh right what's what's happening in fitness right let's just do the opposite because that's what's going to get me views and I've noticed a trend of that now mm-hmm. I'm obviously not suggesting in any way that's what you've done mm-hmm. or, or anyone really that I, that I necessarily know but I was just interested around like that, those types of things that people do to get noticed how have you found it in terms of your own personal kind of journey in trying to like say develop your own your own services your own coaching your own brand um it's really fucking difficult to be honest and like it's the part of the job that i hate the most um and it's the it's the thing i've had the hardest transition with like working for a really well-known international brand that you embody their values and when you go to work you have a very clear direction of the role you need to play um to then having to work for yourself and deciding what those values are that you hold dear and then having choose you have the choice of how you represent them um because that's what it comes down to when we're trying to sell something we we're trying to we're trying to show people our values and get them to align their values or we're trying to get a create a a matching of values so that we actually get you know customers and people want to work with us because we only we want to work with people that align with our values and it's just that's been really difficult so there's been a lot of like soul searching sitting down trying to think what they are but then also trying to think about how to market them and make them sexy and I think you guys said it on like maybe your last podcast or one a couple of the others before and you were like trying to because I come from a very with my coaching and with my practices I come from a a place of like health for life you know like yes I can make you lose weight or you can make I can help you lose weight or you lose fat and yes I can help you put on muscle yes I can optimize your performance um but like I want you to be able to keep that maintainable for the rest of your life you know and trying to sell that in a way that makes people want it is really, really difficult. And it's really, really not sexy either. Really not sexy. Like, you know, people want, they it's the Instagram world, isn't it? People want results. They want to take the pill. They want it tomorrow. They want it yesterday. And they want to enjoy the whole experience and not feel hungry or, you know, not, not feel tired, not feel sore. Like they, they, they just want everything and they want it to be easy and they don't want to pay a lot of money for it. And it's just really difficult. And this is the thing that I've just found so, so, so hard. Um, and coming into this world with very, or this industry with very little experience, 
you're, I've got to be very, very aware of the limitations of that experience and my own bias and then try and work with the evidence that I know science proves works, but my experience doesn't prove works because I haven't got the experience yet. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's it's been really difficult to try and sell something and sell sell health to people and try and make it sexy. I'm not the most photogenic person in the world. Like my boyfriend always says, he's like, you've got two looks, Amy. You're either a 10 or you're the troll that's crawled out from underneath the bridge. So like, Ouch. and he, oh, oh, oh my God, we are savage. Yeah, But, but he's so right. Like, so like, I need, I need a, a million filters to look good. Like I'm not very good at posing. Like I look like a sweaty mess when I'm in the gym. So I'm very self-critical in that sense. And some people, and maybe it's my age, but a lot of younger girls are very more confident about showing that side of them. Um, do, do, we need, do we need to have a therapy session? <laughs> Don't you think coaching is therapy? Like well, coaching is therapy. It's un- unqualified therapy, but yeah. Unqualified. <laughs> honestly after a day of check-ins and coaching sometimes i'm exhausted like mentally and emotionally but um no it, it's just it's just really hard and i i don't know what people want to see as well because of my limited experience i work with a lot of real people with real jobs and i think that's one of my usps is that i know what it's like to have I say real slash proper job. It's a bit like yourself, to be honest, Johnny, like working night shifts. Like one of my first clients was a paramedic and we made huge inroads just with giving him a little bit of structure around his, his night shifts. So he didn't feel horrendous all the time. Um, so, you know, whilst that is one of my USPs, like how do you package that up and make it like something that people want to achieve? And it's, it's really difficult. It's really difficult. And it's a timing thing. Like I would rather spend more time putting my energy into my programming for my online clients or my, my programming from a, the, the lady that I see three times a week in front like for PT sessions than spending an, another hour on Instagram trying to get a, a video or a story mm. together, you know, and that's what I find quite frustrating. Yeah. I, I think you're one. Well, I think you've been hard on yourself. We'll save the therapy session for another time. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's well, imposter syndrome in the industry because you think everyone's better than you and knows more than you yeah. and shouts harder than you. One, one of the ninety-five percent are charlatans. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you are like just, just knowing kind of just some of your 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 background and qualifications or whatever. You're probably better than ninety-five percent of the people out there already. Like no matter how much experience you you claim to to not have, um, yeah, experience obviously massive. And I think like all of us, I I, I grow like oh, this sounds so fucking cliche. <laughs> I grow every single time checking. Like no, genuinely, like I learn stuff every single person I speak to. Like mm. there's just stuff about me where, and we we did an episode a few months ago where I said how my my experience as a coach has changed has changed me in terms of how I coach, my beliefs, my ethics almost as well. Um, so much over the past year or so compared to maybe when I, well, when I first got started coaching, got in the industry in like 2014, I think. So yeah, that I've learned more in the last couple of years or a year or so, especially like on how, on the coaching element, as mm. in the actual coaching element, which is the therapy part you're refer, <laughs> referring to, I think. Um, I've learned more in that than I have in, in any of the press 
probably four or five years and that's only really just kind of being a bit more introspective but also I think just again that experience side so obviously it does count for a lot of, don't get me wrong the experience side but I think as I say just get you know long 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 waffled kind of response there um give yourself some credit because you'll be 90 you'll be better than 95 percent of people out there but I totally get your point and I'm in the same boat where I just can't be asked for the social media side because obviously and- it's, it's the business side where you kind of have to do all these things to promote stuff where you're like oh really I can't just have some clients and just put in the efforts where I really want to it's like mm. but it's I'm okay with being 95 in fact I'm better than okay with being you know the night the 95% but it's the 5% that shout the loudest on social media and it's the 5% that get heard and that's where that's when that's what you're exposed to as a beginner in the industry and you're pulled in like 10 different directions going oh maybe I should do this maybe I should do that and then you just have your you get it in your head and you're clear of what you're going to do and you're going to post a message and then you'll log on to Instagram to do it and you get pulled down the the rabbit hole and then the next five posts you see are somebody who's very successful in the social media sphere doing their own thing and then before you know it you've doubted yourself and second guessed yourself again and I think that's one of the hardest things that maybe the five percent of people that do probably know the least or don't have that um, commitment to their own self-development and learning and trying to be better coaches that they're the group of people that maybe shout the loudest and I find that that's the most frustrating thing it's almost like you need a Joe Wicks to go right use 50 grand use a marketing company you make me big I'll concentrate what I need to concentrate you do what you do but people haven't got like 50 grand to start and they it's like you do need right you lot design something around my personality this is what I do you sort it out but then would that be you being your true authentic self or is that you selling yourself out you go i think but the nature of ig means that you're probably are you ever 100 percent yourself because if you're filtering yourself then it's not yourself is it you know what i mean but it's part of the game you've got to play in there yeah Yeah. i I think i mean it's so nuanced uh because you're right, Johnny. Are you ever yourself? But obviously, there's this kind of continuum or spectrum of whether of how much is almost acceptable in this realm of you know what is categorised as authentic or yeah. Because I think I mean I I I I almost not pride myself, but I genuinely care about whether I am myself on all of my social medias. And that's why, like I've had, I've gone to debates or comments around how much you should share around personal life or like family or kind of other hobbies or should you just keep it mainly a, a fitness account or nutrition account um and i i've always been on the occasion of like of the opinion i should say of no i think actually you should share everything because i think people we i think john you said it last week we people buy people like people i want people to resonate with me personally because that's how i get the best relationships and that's how i get the best results out of people and i don't certainly don't want to be kind of putting out like false or kind of misleading personas of who i'm really not if that makes sense because i just don't i don't think it'll resonate with clients as well and i don't think it's i don't think i would get as good a results out of people either i think the clients that I well, I know the clients I have now. We work really closely together. Like I have a really, I've been very fortunate that um, I started working with some friends, which I said I never would do, but we they were really great, and it was thankfully went really well. And then they referred out, and it's like yourselves, really. A lot of it comes from referrals or through members of the gym. Um, and we we get really close we get you know like especially with nutrition because there's so many underlying themes with nutrition in terms of like 
emotions in terms of relationships with food in terms of upbringing and everything like that like diet history and so you do get quite deep if you're if your clients you know allow you to go there with them so I pride myself on having a really close relationship with the people I work with and that's why I do get good results and that's why I'm a I, I'd like to think I'm more of a long-term nutrition coach than I, I always say I'll never be the six-week fat loss girl ever because I want to leave somebody in a better place than I find them. Um, and I don't believe that the six-week fat loss things kind of do that. I'm about making somebody better as a whole. Mm. Um, so I wouldn't, I don't know, if I was looking for nutritional coaching, I wouldn't want to go to somebody like the James Smiths or the Joe Wickses where you know that they are absolutely huge. What level of, I mean, I'd love James Smith to come and call me out on this. I'm sure he would. He'd call me a few other things as well. But like, I'd, I'd, I want a deeper level of personal coaching. And that's what I know what that's my, that is what my clients get from me. Um, and I, if I was a client looking for a coach, I would look at those people with the biggest social media following and actually think, what type of service am I actually going to get from you? Am I going to get a personalized weekly check-in where you've actually read through my comments, put yourself in my shoes, appreciated what I go through as a shift worker, as a mom of two, as a single mom, as somebody who's trying to hold down four jobs, as, you know, like, and I think that's what coaches like yourself and like myself, because we do have other jobs, you know, we do have other commitments, like we actually have that level of empathy, which I know is so important in coaching. And that's what I like to think that I give. Just think there's a bit of a question mark about how many people do actually give that in the fitness world. Very little, but yeah, yeah. I think very, I mean, go on, Johnny. They definitely, I will guarantee they don't. Mm. If they generate an underground a month, there's no way on his earth that they are giving you a personalized. No, unless you're paying 10 grand and they got like three or four of you and they can automate the rest. Mm. They, well, the, you the, pay 10 grand for someone to go and they're probably not going to be highly, highly educated, really, are they? The, the biggest names in the industry have never have given that. Um, kind of dedicated support or or kind of coaching because you know mm-hmm. Joe, Joe Wicks had his his demons almost in the past around kind of cookie cutter plans and just not yeah. doing stuff. So I don't I don't think that's anything that isn't well known. Don't sue me, like, please. But I think a lot of this does come from my own personal experience, like because I've done all the cookie cutter plans. Like I come from a family that my mum was obsessed with weight loss. Like I grew up in the nineties. It was Rosemary Connolly, everything. Avocados were the devil and like everything was fat free. Like she still doesn't like anything full full fat at all. Like, so I grew up in that household. I had my own experience with dieting. And even now I have extremely irregular menstrual cycles, you know, still carry through all these like history and relationship with food issues and even now knowing what I know yeah I could cut weight and get down to 60 kilos I could put on a little bit of muscle but there's still so much deep-rooted stuff in there and it just I just really I worry I worry about people like myself um you know I'm 33 so social media wasn't even that 
that bad when I was growing up. It was kind of just getting big. I still had MySpace and I think I got Facebook for the first time when I was at uni, you know. But like people growing up, I think about, you know, if I had children or like your girls, Brett, like Brett and Johnny, like what are they going to be exposed to, you know? And if they want to lose weight and they've got the the flashy guy on social media that's offering the six week plan, they can. And I always think of that like following a recipe. Anyone can follow a follow a fucking recipe. It doesn't mean they can bake a cake. Yeah, it's two different things. If you follow a recipe and you end up in an absolutely shit state, completely as a woman, but you've lost the weight you're you know you've given more value to how your health long term and that's just where I come from with my coaching in terms of leaving someone better than I found them and that like I've just said a million times it's just so hard to market like come to me for the unsexy way to live a really long life and have a great relationship with food like it's just tough yeah yeah and the, the thing is even in these realms of kind of the more holistic type of coaches for want of a better phrase there are you know there's some kind of bigger names in there or they kind of track certain people so i'm kind of referring to maybe like your your kind of your anti-diet crowd or your haze crowd yeah. or those which i don't know maybe i've just made it sound like I've just put them on a pedestal actually because uh but not not i've meant to but as in they might be seen as they oh, they're they're the golden solutions. They're the ones that are you know kind of health focused and well being focused and not necessarily about weight loss. Which you know sounds on paper like it's yeah it's the the, the kind of the, the golden egg of well fitness and nutritional dieting or whatever. But oh, yeah, unless but... you need, unless you need to lose weight to get you to a place of health, yeah. and then what? what do they yeah. say? I mean, as I say that, I mean they obviously they've we've we've talked about them on the podcast enough times, but. Um, Anyway, where was I going with that? I guess even in those areas, there are kind of big names that, again, have similar connotations to the types of experiences or examples we're given for the likes of the big names in other parts, in the weight loss side of the industry. So your Jane Smiths and your, your Joe Wicks and all those people. Yeah. But Yeah, um, I mean, certainly the, the, the kind of the marketing thing. So going back to that, it's in, it is interesting to hear, obviously, I get oh it might be interesting for people that aren't in industry to hear this anyway I should say that it is difficult to kind of market yourself and obviously it's just struggle that many many people seem to kind of all have an issue with in terms yeah. of like generating content feeling like there's nothing new to kind of generate content on like what do I actually say because actually everyone's heard it all that's what people think don't they it's like there's, I'm not there's only so much you can say about calories or only so much you can say about protein or there's only so much you can say about flexible dieting or whatever the, the kind of the content is yeah um and i think people get a little bit bored of or, or bored of themselves talking about it and they think therefore that my my audience doesn't want to hear it as well so obviously that can be be a difficult thing can't it um yeah. i don't i mean i don't just out of interest at the minute so how are you thinking about your content and how are you thinking about what you do or I don't know if you want to explore explore that or whether it is a case of actually doing it at the minute. I can't be asked and they're not doing any. <laughs> it's it's literally like moments of pure inspiration. Like honestly, like and it comes from conversations I have with clients as well. So um I think I did one I think I did the only like I did a post the other day about um 
like there are no breakfast foods there are just foods you eat for breakfast you know like talking about breakfast options like should you even eat breakfast I did a post where I was sat on the sofa eating breakfast and I was like oh you know let's do one about that I think I did a post when I was on holiday after drinking a bottle of Prosecco because I got a little bit of inspiration on my sun lounger and just you know like um posted one then like it literally is these moments of pure inspiration um and even like we even myself and my boyfriend we're just awful with our phones like we we you know we have these wonderful experiences we're present we're in the moment and then we're like oh we should have taken a photo of that shouldn't we really like oh well it's just you i think in terms of posting content you've got to be quite strict with yourself and this is something that i just I choose, I suppose, not to make it as much of a priority. But I think as a new person in the industry, I've been very fortunate that I haven't had to make it a priority yet because of the clients that I have got and the referrals that I have got. I know that I need to be more consistent with my message. And this is something that I'm working on in terms of building my profession and building my business is be more consistent. Um, I think... I think it's Tanya, actually, you know, Tanya as well. She's a really close friend of mine. Like, so I'm lucky to have her. Um, she's a social media marketer. And she always says, like, for every hundred pe- uh, people that, like, see your story, there's only one person that would action anything actionable in there. So you do rely on other people. Um and I would rather people shout about me because they'd had a positive experience than just because, oh, yeah, she looks really good on social media. But then even that, I've had that work against me as well. Like, I'm quite a muscular woman, especially on the upper body. And I've had people just not want to work with me because of that reason. You know, I've had people say to me, oh, yeah, I'd really like to tone up, but I don't want big shoulders like you. And <laughs> To which I'm like fuck off these took years you know you couldn't if you tried no i don't really say that that's really rude i, I, but, I, think, um, it is. I think it's rude in the first place that's like, how well exactly yeah, exactly but people think when like you know when you're fat it's rude to comment on somebody but when you're fit you can comment on their body as much as you want but like know. so i have to even be careful with the images i put out with my own body because some you know maybe the clients i want to attract don't like to see a muscular defined woman so do, do, it, do i want to stop there because i think like okay that's an interesting little segue to go down in terms of do you actually think that you should or are you doing it because you think it's best for business um i don't know if i'm honest that's a really really good question oh, um, thanks yeah <laughs> yeah what have you you've, done, you've done this before no, all right one of your better ones uh, no I, I asked the question because i think obviously it does dovetail back into this idea of authenticity and being you and if you're filtering specific images or or maybe even the kind of then the messages that correspond with those images because obviously you're not posting about what you do or you know kind of what you've done for the last 10 years to grow your shoulders because it's something you're really proud of this kind of thing is it a case of actually then you're filtering yourself and you're not being authentic, potentially not getting the clients that you want or the clients that you could get the best results from potentially not saying like how you look or what you do is necessarily absolutely indicative of whether or who you or how you get client best, best results for clients say, mm. but in the same breath is obviously, you know, do you want, do you want people to kind of be attracted to you for your service for you or for kind of like a filtered version of you? because you're worried about business yeah I mean obviously about me like at the moment on my social media I'm very much documenting my journey on a way back to a position of health for myself and actually a better relationship with 
food and my body and my training um, because I was the girl that was influenced by social media and overtrained and under eight and ended up in a bit of a, a shit state in her own body. So like for me, I'm documenting more of getting back to a place of health, but I can still get somebody to a fat loss goal, but they might see me and think, oh, well, she's going to get me to eat more. She's going to do X, Y, Y, and Z, whereas I want to do this. Um, So that's hard because then it becomes a little bit of a mismatch. Um, It's it's so, so, so difficult. And I think we're pulled in so many different directions, not even just with social media, just in life about what we feel like we should do versus, and I hate that word should. I really am trying to take it out of my vocabulary. But like, what we feel like we should do because of societal pressures and societal norms and then we've got the pressures within the industry as well versus what we know we want to do or what we know we want to put across um and I I don't know I'm a bit like you in terms of like should it be personal should it be private I share as much as I'm willing to share as well about my own training you know um my own training and my own diet and my own personal life but it's it's a toughie yeah best thing to do but it's almost an impossible task is not to care for what anybody else thinks at all yeah. when you get there i'm not there then you just do what you like and then if they don't like it tough shit if they do great but don't you think that changes on a day-to-day basis as well johnny like some well, days i care what everybody thinks other days i'm like nah i'm gonna do me i think it's like in if you're in work you work for someone you've got to care what they think because they're in control of your job to some aspect but like on social media if you don't know I mean you really I know it's hard to do you really shouldn't care what they say but obviously words can make people think and make people question themselves yeah but I, don't think, I think it's fairly impossible never to care what anybody else thinks a really useful tool is like think about like the so there's a there's like I could probably count on one hand like the amount of people in my life who I actually care what their opinion is and what like about what I do. So I've got I think about like my mom, my boyfriend, Brett. a couple of my best friends, and that's probably it. Like I'm when I'm putting out content, I kind of think, or when I'm trying to put out any message, or when it's something that I'm really passionate about, like my podcast, for example. Um, I'll say like my mom, absolute gem. Mom listens every single week to the podcast and she'll send me a little message every so often. And she's like, yeah, I didn't like that one, mate. It was really boring. Like, And I'm like, okay, that opinion matters to me. I care about what she thinks. I care about what she thinks. I care about what my boyfriend thinks. I care about what my best mate thinks. And what Brett thinks. And, quite... <laughs> and what? <laughs> and what Brett thinks. <laughs> and what Brett thinks yes. as long as he doesn't think I'm a moron um you know like and as long if I actually want some you know co- constructive feedback I will ask those people whose opinion matters to me and if it's anybody else then you have I have to say to myself it doesn't matter what they think like the people who matter they will tell you what they think and then you can action whatever comes out of that. And if they choose to be, you know, it's got to be people you trust. So you take their opinion on board. And it's also people, you know, whose professional opinion matter to you as well. Like, you know, if I came to you, Brett, and I was like, oh, what did you think of X, Y, Z? I know that you'd give me constructive feedback in a way that, (laughs) well, I'm saying this and you're looking at me like, (laughs) 
<laughs> really? But you know, I'd get something constructive out of you. You wouldn't just blow smoke up my ass. Neither would you just troll me. Well, you probably yeah, would. I would. Tro- Absolutely, I would. I get in trouble. I think I get in trouble sometimes for trolling too many people. And that. Yeah, you troll me. Yeah, and I think like, I don't know. Maybe I take trolling too far. I sometimes think that. I think, oh, that's not the way I should. Uh, start start being less authentic on my social media. By... Can you take trolling too far? Isn't that the point of being a troll? Well, some people don't seem to have the same opinion, I think, but who mm. knows? But anyway, as long as those people in my life, like, I can get something from them. I care about what they think, but it's so hard not to give a shit. I think, like, you could almost align this to clients and or anyone listening that is is kind of in this realm of interest or hobbies or profession or where, wherever you are in the fitness world um in that you can a lot of people can give too too much or invest too much emotionally into what other people think uh, you mm. know whether it's going to the gym for the first time wondering where everyone's going to look at you or whether it's kind of you know a coach thinking about have i got you know I, i'm feeling like i'm an imposter because i've got all these mm. better people than me all of those things actually in reality are like so far off actual reality and I think actually this. I mean, this reminds me of. I think I can't remember when it was. Now, it was only a couple of days ago. Um, really good um, Instagram account that I follow called Visualize Value, and I share some of their stuff quite uh, frequently because I just think I just think it's quite cool, and it's just kind of this really good visualization of kind of different concepts. And I think the one I shared a couple of days ago was uh, the concept of almost exactly what we were just sp- speaking about in terms of if you invest in a lot in kind of what other people think. I can't remember what the diagram exactly was now, but it's kind of like the visual diagram of you thinking about other people is like a full circle. And then the- I saw this. Yeah, well, I, I did share it. So I don't know if you've seen it, if you follow that, you might have seen it. But, but basically if you flip it around and say, actually the visual representation of them thinking about you is a tiny little dot in a hollow circle. And that is literally what people think. Like you can walk down the street thinking, I've said this before and I use the analogy of like, you're your own kind of lead role in a movie almost in a movie what my american fucking hell in a film you are <laughs> you are your own lead role in a film um and uh like so you it's just like all the cameras on you but actually in reality is you're just a little fucking extra in everyone else's world no one gives a shit and that's that's exactly what it's like and i think that you can align that with like i say wh- whatever part of the fitness realm you're in whether it's say like say just someone that's into fitness and that's why you're listening to this maybe or whether you're a coach or whatever um you, you're always your own worst critic and you're always kind of like in your own center of this universe but the reality is actually you're 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 not no one else really cares and if you if you want you know that i think it's quite freeing it's quite mm. invigorating almost to think like oh actually yeah no one gives two shit so actually i can just get on with doing whatever i need to do sorry to interrupt this episode but we just wanted to let you know that we're currently accepting applications to work with any of our coaches to help you lose weight and get shredded or build muscle and get jacked if you want to know more, just head over to nnncoaching.com forward slash apply. No contract links, just evidence-based coaching to make sure you get the results you've always been after. Important mm. probably be yourself, isn't it? Because in reality, how many clients do you need? Let's say twenty is enough, depending on where you charge, is enough. A twenty out of how many people in the UK even? I know they are done all in sixty-eight million. You you need twenty. You mean you may need twenty clients a month, and you think, well, if I'm myself, surely at some point they'll be able to get twenty out of a population of like 6 billion or 7 billion in the world. If you think if you yourself, you know, most of the time, it's probably the baseline is this, like a calorie deficit. Keep that as your base and then add a few bits on at the end, a few filters here and there, you know. You know. 
few white lies you know, I think are acceptable, depending on what you're doing, depending on what uh, the goal of it, of it is. But you know. What do you mean by that? I don't know what you mean by that. What do you mean is in just embellishing like your own... Just dog shit in how it looks, make it look tidy by filtering a shit load of shit on there, basically. It's not reality, is it? It's lying. It's not, it doesn't look like that at all. Mm. But with loads of filters on there, that'd be days, isn't it? I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about filters. I don't use them yet, so... Jo- you don't jo- need to, Johnny. Look at you. I will say, jo- <laughs> jo- Johnny, obviously, with your eight followers and total so far of, what, two days' experience? Yeah, I'm up there with uh, Ronaldo. Ronaldo's, uh, Ronaldo's got four times the population of the UK on mm. just following him, which is outrageous. 240 million. Anyway, um, I don't know where we're going with that. Where are we going with the rest of that? Before Johnny, you know, I interrupted, and I was like, "Could have been stopped with me." No, it's just I like it. It's just like a brain fart about all this stuff. It's just interesting. I just, I just find it. Some some days I feel completely okay with it, um, and some days I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like, but it's like anything with Instagram. You can go down the rabbit hole, and um, yeah, it's it just the industry frustrates me in terms of the people that have the most followings, they are the ones that shout the loudest and what are they actually doing for the industry? Are they a good thing or are they a bad thing? Like a lot of the people in the industry, you know, are like Andy mentioned this on our podcast on the last episode, but a lot of the people in the industry are net positive. So regardless of whether you agree with everything or just a few things of their message, they are a net positive. Whereas there are some people in the industry that are just an absolute soul sappers you know and it's mm. it's filtering through the shit isn't it yeah it's a bit of a tedious industry it is, it is absolutely from, from like all aspects COVID. it's a bit tedious here's <laughs> a question for you both um I'm flipping you, flipping why, the rolls. I, yeah i know come on um why have you both never gone like um full-time into this industry what can I answer, Ooh. Johnny? Can I answer? You can crack on. Right. Um, I think... <laughs> no, well, we, to be honest, we've we've had this conversation before, Johnny and I have, in, in, and I've had this conversation with clients as well that have maybe questioned. So when I've had consultations with people around like whether they want to be coached by me or not, and they, you know, because they've shown interest, we've had a consultation, we've talked through goals, aspirations, kind of, I've tried to get a feel for what they're like personally and vice versa. And when they've when I've kind of talked around like my history and the fact that I obviously still have a uh I say full-time job I only work four days a week so I don't know if you call that full-time but no it's not no it's not um but why I still have an actual job um I'll be honest the way I describe it and this might be a bit salesy and therefore like people might go ugh but like it allows me to actually kind of dedicate myself to my clients and not need to sell them anything so like i'm not desperate for clients in any way shape or form because i don't i don't need any clients like my livelihood does not rely on whether i get clients or not so i've got no reason to tell anyone anything to try and sell them into services genuinely mm. and i quite like that it just takes all the pressure off the things we've talked around as have happened like i don't if you look at my social media my social media is basically protein bar reviews and just the odd thing that i feel quite strongly about other than that i we, we like we do so little marketing because i just don't want to i just feel like the things we talked about I've got, 
didn't really. No, no. And I'm just like, just not, I'm just generally not interested in the effort it takes to try and stand out in a crowd of pretenders and wannabes, in my opinion. Mm. Um, and that's, I get frustrated. I nearly said this a, a minute ago when you were talking around kind of your, your almost lack of motivation around it. But like, I see the effort people are putting into in terms of generating content. And I think to myself, it just turns me off wanting to because people are trying so hard. And it kind of goes back to what I said around people are trying to be contrary because they want to be different. Um, and we've got people taking the piss out of, oh, why are you trying to get 10,000 steps? You know, don't you know it's a made up number? And I'm like, oh, and I shared something from Aiden um, uh, a week or so ago where he was actually, it is evidence based actually, and let's not try and kind of keep taking down a load of axioms that are kind of well, because obviously, basically, you know, this, this premise of an axiom is obviously something that people are just, um, I guess, an established accepted thing you know like ten thousand steps is the average is the, is the number of steps you get you know it's an, an accepted thing but people want to take that down like oh my god you're ridiculous for wanting to do that you know it's a made-up number you should be aiming for it and if, yes okay if you can't hit ten thousand steps fine like don't beat yourself about it because you can't hit this made-up number and it's not made up necessarily but anyway it actually aligns quite well in terms of the recommended level of activity that you should be doing on a weekly basis so you know you could argue that actually it's quite evidence-based but um, people just instead of like thinking about let's think critically and think actually is there any use for this for people in terms of whether whether it's made up or not is it actually useful yes then why are we slating it bring it down it's that type of behavior basically that i've seen a lot of whether it's the ten thousand steps thing whether it's people using the terms cheat meals we've talked about before or whether it's the people using the term clean eating or all these things i think do you know what they might not be scientifically right they might not be optimal they might not even be evidence-based but do we really have to try and take down everything nowadays just to try to generate some sort of content that we think is going to make us stand out from other people? <clears throat> it's just, it's, to be honest, it's just, it comes from a place of elitism, I think, is the only mm. word I can think of. It's almost like I'm super elite because I'm mocking you for you or telling your clients to do 10,000 steps. It's like, mm. all right, all right, mate. I just, you know, anyway. That, 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 anyway, that's, that's what it kind of comes down to. And I see that and it makes me feel a little bit, you know, I can't be asked to get into this industry and talk about this sort of stuff. I'd rather just focus on my clients. Yeah. I, think, I think you get a far better return on investment um, if we're talking around kind of your own business and how that will potentially grow in the longer term anyway, because I think you'll get referrals from people, you'll get mm-hmm. generate strength, stronger connections and you, you'll probably get a better, as I say, return than trying to put out or spend hours and hours and hours trying to sell stuff on social media which is affecting what people are doing by generating content. Yeah, it's the same. I'd rather I'd rather focus on getting my clients a better squat or like, you know, getting them to their goal a little bit quicker or like I say leaving them in a better place than I find them. Um but yeah, and that like, I suppose having another another a source of income, that's what it does come down to, like having another source of income, it does give you that little bit of luxury in that you can actually take a little bit more of an, an enjoyment in doing that in the coaching process because like having those relationships with your clients and actually you know you we, we're really really helping people mm-hmm. and that's fundamentally what it comes down to like I'd like to think that anybody who gets in the fitness industry does so because they genuinely want to help people that is what we're doing we're helping people be fitter be stronger or get them to a place of health with their nutrition sometimes optimized performance or we're 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 educating them that's what we are we're educators and you you know one of the ways you educate is you inspire you know you provide support empathy and like 
I just think it's that is a very energy expensive process. So devoting that amount of time to the clients and actually having that time to my clients means so much. And that's where I would rather spend my time. And it's just nice to hear other people in the industry say that too. What, would, what, what Johnny, what are your thoughts in terms of like why? Why, why I don't go full time? Well, it's probably a few fold. My trade is never going to go away. Maintenance addition by trade. So I think for me, it's like it's a fairly well-paying job. It's a skill that, you, you know, it takes four to five years of apprenticeship to learn. So I've always got that base. So I think that's where my money will come from all the time. And it's okay. I, I've PT'd before in the gym. And PT'ing in the gym and training in the gym wrecked me. I was like, I can't do it. I can't train. And so I knocked PT on the head. That's one thing. It's like when you're in it all the time, I think it would be not client wise. I think the whole industry is very draining. And the, the, the argument of just total shit that doesn't help anyone. You know, what's better, keto or high carbs? Like, oh, Whether James Smith shit. called someone a cunt or not is another. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. people arguing about that, but. I'm like, I'm like, you're, you're, you're wrong. It. It's um, being on the carnivore diet. That's what's yeah. the best. Yeah. Carnivore, vegan. I'm like, oh, really gives a shit. You were wrong and you were wrong as well. You know what I mean? But I think mentally for me, I couldn't. Not, I think I could handle a decent amount of clients, but having to rely, my livelihood rely on this industry, I think would give me an heart attack or a stroke. I, I, I was just going to say sorry. On on, I think you mentioned the the magic twenty number earlier. Oh, you need twenty clients to make a successful living, um, depending upon how much you charge. There's there's part of me that thinks like I'm not sure how much a an individual because you give a lot as a coach to people. Like mm-hmm. you, you said it earlier in terms of kind of you know if if they go down that rabbit hole, will allow you to go down that rabbit hole. You do give a lot of yourself. And I think there's only so much you can do to so many people before it does absolutely drain you as a as an individual and drain your own well being. And I think having that pressure and stress of it being potentially your livelihood for a lot of people, not for everyone, for a lot of people is can have such a negative effect on you that I don't think it's worthwhile. And I think the industry is why so many people drop out of this industry. I mean, it's mm. it's such a flooded industry with people, new people all the time, but there are also so many names that just come and go because mm. people just don't stay in this industry. Mm. Um, and I think like, I would say for anyone that is listening that is either wanting to get into an industry or starting out new, I know there's a few listeners that are starting to kind of, there's a couple of people that I I chat to regularly that I know are listeners that are like budding PTs or they're now starting to get in the industry and stuff. A lot of people, like not your business gurus out there, would say, jump ship, go all in. You'll never do it all unless you go all in. Like quit your job. And I'm like, that's the worst thing you should do. Don't quit your job because the stress and the, the kind of negative effects that will have will make you a worse coach. Like the security yeah. of an income will allow you to be a better coach because you yeah. can dedicate kind of more support of your own. Kind of, like basically, it's, it's that age I was saying of you know you can't you can't fill up people's um, cup up with an empty vessel type thing, which is true. Yeah, your capacity bucket. Yeah. yeah, like that's the first thing I did in March when we could. I was still in the office, um, getting a brand new lot of cabin crew through their initial training, and we could see where this was all going with COVID, and we were like yeah this isn't good and I was still in the office when I applied for my job at Waitrose and I was like I've always been brought up brought up with a really good work ethic and I'm not 
proud by any stretch of the imagination and everyone always jokes so I don't care if I lost my job I just stack shelves at Tesco's like but when you actually are in that position it separates the people that mean that from the people that are like and like I get it it was a very very uncertain situation no one knew what was going to happen with aviation but I applied for that job at Waitrose and I got it a month later and I'm still doing it now I drive the van do the deliveries two days a week and it's enough for me to know that the bills get paid that I can put more and care and attention into my clients. And for those eight hours that I'm not in the gym, like Johnny, you said, every word of that completely resonated with me. For the eight hours that I'm not actually in that physical space or I'm not sat at my laptop um, and I'm so like socializing with a different group of people, um, it's that's really nice freeing time. That's freeing time that I can... Yeah, I'm out on the road. I can listen to podcasts. I can actually take in some of my educational content um, because that's something as well when you're a coach. You have less and less time for yourself um, and to actually try and take off the different hats at all time at different times is really hard. Like I've been lying in bed at night sometimes thinking about whether I should have programmed a split split squat over a reverse lunge for somebody. And you're like, it's four o'clock in the morning. Like, for God's sake, go to bed. It, like, at the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. But these things take a lot out of you. So to have a space and to have a little bit of leeway and security to allow me to be a better coach and to take me out of the realm um, physically is actually a really, really important thing, especially at the moment where the physical parameters of where we work have been really limited and our environments are completely different as well. Um, like, so when you are spending all the time just in one place and you are trying to fulfill loads of different roles, it's really difficult. So having that physical manifestation of, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Now I'm doing this role. And I know that this is the keeping the bills paid as well. Like, yeah, it just lets me, lets you be a better, a better coach, better at what you do. And you can pour more of yourself into it. Like I think if it's if it's your main job, you will probably end up sacrificing to a degree your principles to pay the bills. Yeah. So at the end of the day, house uh, a roof of your head is the ultimate. You know, yeah. is the ultimate. There's, there's, there's a huge threat of that, and if you don't, if you don't do it, fair play to you, because I guess the pressure of that, yeah. that or the the kind of temptation or pressure that that would come along in in you know having to pay those bills. It's probably easy to sell out. Oh fuck! I'm gonna to have to come up with a 30 day shred now, something to sell to people. Through, although, oh, ironically, the people with the most Instagram followers are often the ones that can't even sell a, you know, five people on a group coaching plan. But because none of them, no one's following them actually for their content or anything. Yeah. But also, I think you, I think then you keep a certain degree of realness as well with the people you're coaching, like the whole reason I gained my very first client in the first place was because he was a paramedic and I had been a flight attendant. And he was like, I know he said to me, he said, I think you're the only person that can help me because you understand how it feels to cut, to be at that degree of tiredness, to have that insatiable kind of hunger to work all through the night. Um, like, ugh. if I told you my four, four bowl of granola story, that sounds exactly what I do. I was going to say, you, you, I think you're basically describing Johnny. <clears throat> came through, this is when I was living with my mum, we had a house together. So I'd park, so I came off a Singapore flight. So you'd done like a 12 and a half hour, or actually on the way back from Singapore in the winter, some of those flights were 15 hours. It's like you'd get off, get in the car at Heathrow, 6 a.m., like hour and a bit drive home, like trying to stay awake. 
get through the door at nine o'clock and I'd go through the back door, which was the kitchen door. First thing I'd see is the fridge. We this is why we couldn't have granola in the house anymore. Get out. Oh, I really want some cereal. Get out the granola packet and a bowl had a nice big bowl of granola, like obviously not the 45 gram serving that you should have, uh, and milk. And then I got peanut butter out and drizzled it over. And that was the one bowl. I was like, oh, I really want another one of them. So I had two bowls. I was like, still not, still, I could go another one. I'm not full. And you just have this hunger that's insatiable because you're so tired. Four bowls. I've literally did a box of granola with milk and peanut butter all drizzled over to the point where I'm like, I'm not sure if I feel physically sick because I've had four bowls of granola or because I'm tired. And like you as a coach, if all you've ever known is the gym floor, if you've got somebody try and explain that to you, you'd be like, well, just stop eating because you're full. It's like, no, you don't understand. Like, you know, you've got to be able to put yourself in your client's shoes. And yeah, I suppose like having one foot still in the, the world of the living in the world of work, it allows you to do that. 100%. 100%. I am. I agree with you fully there. I've done that. Not with canola, but other things. Just It is one of those things like you just can't satisfy hunger. Just doesn't. It's just like, yeah, but just have plan. It's like, mm, yeah. It's, I, I am better now since uh, I'm accountable to him. <laughs> it's like, I gotta go to, I'm like, if I don't go to bed now, yeah. I can eat a box or two of something. And like, like people say to me, oh, yeah, but it's the same as being on a night out. They said, what fucking drugs are you on? Well, drugs probably, yeah. But yeah. you know, it's not it's not the same at all. Not the same. Yeah, but you've been I've been a night tower. I know I know what it's like. No, you don't you don't at all. The the only thing I can liken it to obviously having never done shift work or or kind of like suffered in, in any realms of kind of like in other than kids, like enforced like poor sleeping patterns. Which to be fair, having kids is probably as bad as it gets, let's be honest. Uh, but yeah, my, mine actually don't sleep overly great a lot of the time. Lots of broken sleep, but I've never really like f- had too many issues in terms of kind of like dietary adherence or kind of like increased cravings or hunger. But the only thing I can liken it to what's going to get to is kind of like the back end of like long diet preps that I've done and then gone on holiday and had like o- o- open buffet kind of open the doors up and off you go t- type behaviors where I've then like just binged because, you know, nothing satisfies you because you've just you've got and obviously you then got all the kind of the increased food reward of variety and everything tastes good and stuff plus the euphoria and the happy hormones of oh my god i'm holding and love this so um mm-hmm. that's the only thing i can liken that to really and just feeling like that a lot of the time i can imagine it's, it's, it's tough it's, it's the first night shift where you obviously say i get up the, the lies are probably about six ish on some of the or something let's say a six you go i go to bed about three till the bra four then you're up until where I get in about quarter to seven. That's the worst. I, the second one, when you've just, you're almost, you're not normal by any stretch, but you've had a normal amount of sleep and you work in a day, but the night, obviously. The second night is easier than the first. Mm-hmm. The first, I can eat the house. I can eat, the, I can eat brick. I can eat anything. Second night, is not so bad, I find. It's just bizarre. And like, actually implementing eating patterns and structure and schedule in people like that, that can have a massive impact on someone's lives. So like to actually find a coach or to have somebody that understands something like that is, is massive. Like there'd be periods of time where I'd be awake for like 24, 28 hours. Like how many meals are you going to eat in 28 hours? And you're telling me that you want all of those to try and be optimal and you still want to be able to have, 
you know, go to the gym and feel good. And you're so bloated and as well that like you look about four months pregnant and like you're you just your your fingers are swollen because of the you know the air and the aeroplane and your insides just feel like prunes like oh it's just horrible it's just mm. horrible really glamorous job <laughs> i had a herald's desk and oh, that must that's worse than what i do because obviously you've got the time difference being in the air, all that sort of stuff just added on top. It must be horrific. And trying to find healthy food in some places is really difficult as well. Yeah, really difficult. As well, it's just like flight attendants, look, you've, you've got to look a certain way and you're like, oh, oh, I don't really want to do all this now. I'm 15 hours in. Leave me alone. Well, you, you, you do at... Take my makeup off. You do at... I suppose we probably shouldn't name... The, well, I don't know if it matters in name, name the airline, but you do at your airline. Yeah, obviously there are certain airlines nowadays where they are clearly a bit more relaxed in there. Yeah. No, we had all the different premium cabins, like first business, premium, and economy, and like having to go and be extremely pleasant to people that are playing are paying a shit ton of money to be in that first class cabin, and are generally honestly ninety eight percent of them are lovely, but then when you get a rude one and you're still tired and hangry and uh, you've got to try and be nice to people yeah it's uh tits and teeth we call it boys tits and teeth oh hello right anyway that's a good segue uh we are an hour and eight minutes in so i'm going to start to wrap this up because obviously no podcast will last over an hour um although ours does every single week anywho um Obviously, it's, this has become tradition that for our uh, guests we ask some non-nutrition related questions I forgot about this. Oh, goodness. Well, I'm going to have to make them on the spot because I haven't got any prepared. So. <laughs> that has been really, really, really unsuccessful. That book you look from, Page, whatever. Is it that one? Is it Page? Or... Look at a page, ask the question on a page. And Brett is basically shit out of the question. Yeah. You? Well, yeah. I, I, I bought a book which was like in a cheap okay. shop for like a quid or something. And it was something along like 200 conversation stars or something. And I tried this little thing of like pick a number and I'll read a question. And they bombed every single one of them. Yeah. So I've given up on that. But anyway, favorite burger joint all oh. around the world. Come on, you've been everywhere. Say so. five guys. Five guys. Fuck you. you know why? I love the chips. The chips, chips. are the chips are the best thing by a long the way. The chips yeah. fucking do it every time. You may as well have spat in his face. Yes. There is something about the chips in peanut oil um, are fantastic. Cajun or non-Cajun? Non-Cajun. Okay. No, I I flitter between the two, to be fair. So um, they do fantastic milkshakes. And I will say, who doesn't like a mix-your-own-soda stream thingy, like a choose-your-own-flavours? Because you can mix cherry, vanilla, and raspberry all together in one. And I'm I'm all about the Fanta as well. They always have every flavour Fanta. Yeah. So uh, the burgers are still good, don't get me wrong, but I just, there are obviously way better uh, options out there than a Five Guys. We have the burger uh, the burger and chicken wing discussion quite a lot, Brett, though, don't mm. we? Like, by right, socials. Well, and I, well, I actually like a posh burger. So like Jack and I, he's my boyfriend, we have this argument quite a lot because he likes a filthy burger, whereas I actually like a burger with nice ingredients like it looks quite fancy i I, I am the same i am the same in that i i like the ingredients to be of high quality and not just a sloppy mess which five guys is obviously not poor quality as such but it isn't the quality that you might i mean i'd like a byron's i think a byron's are generally done really well for the most part gbk is all right as well and gbk is all right it is all right 
All right, but when when you there are some very good hipster places in around many many countries which are worth going to. Do far better burgers than than Five Guys. I've um, only ever had burgers apart from like random restaurants, which is not a burger, but McDonald's, KFC, not KFC. Which other one? Right, well, they do do burgers. They're chicken burgers, burger I mean. Burger King and Five Guys. I am... have, you, have you not been to what is it? Um, cow no. Shed, Grazing Cow, something like that. No. What's the one in the in Cardiff on the? No. I'm not, I'm not a hippie burger hipster what, what I will burger. say what I will say mate in that place and I can't remember what it's called now but I think it was called the Grazing Cow or maybe the Cow Shed I can't remember I'll look it up but they did a diet Cherry Bakewell Coke and it was fan-fucking-tastic so banging that was uh, anyway so okay um, we did have the chicken wing thing which was Buffalo what was it Buffalo Joe's was it called Buffalo Joe's shout out to Buffalo Joe's I must admit I had just had only jerkin which I don't actually know where they're based I think Birmingham which is obviously quite a long way from where I am um, not like Bishop Stortford is that close but um, <laughs> they obviously came a long way I just had that and I will say it's the best fried chicken I've probably had and then obviously your recommendation of Buffalo Joe's like ah oh, okay I'll get another load so we got a load of chicken wings and we got so a portion of Korean something or other and a portion of what were the other ones so they do the Korean, they do honey G, they do buffalo wings. I think we just got buffalo actually because yeah. we generally like kind of your, your Frank's red hot. Um, yeah. I will say they were better than I imagined. I didn't realise they were going to be so nice and crispy and full of meat as well. As in, like I don't know why the text, the outer texture of them were very crispy and nice to to consume and not like chewy or anyway. So okay, right, let's move on to another question because we're now in hour twelve. Um, <laughs> What food would you choose to build a house out of? Oh, um, oh. immediately, like, I'd want, like, peanut, almond butter as the cement, but then probably shortbread. Shortbread. Okay. Well, Jack Scottish, so, like, Scottish shortbread with, like, peanut butter in, or almond butter in between. Sounds a bit claggy. Yeah, well, I'm all about the clag. Not like to choke on it, though, unfortunately. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Johnny, that's going to say something. Have you got a question, mate? Totally irrelevant. It's not even a question. But I had a vegan uh, dish the other day. Was it an Oreo? No. It what? Uh, I went. We went to a. Uh, Was it a cucumber? No. We went to a French restaurant around here, which is uh, newish. And they had a, it was a, it was a, what's it called? Like a vegan pancake thing. Basically, just called a half veg in like a little square. I thought, oh, it looks nice. Oh, shit. Shit. Disgusting. It was like, you expect it to be sweet the way it looks, but it's just, it's just veg. Cool story, bro. <laughs> Can I ask a question then to finish? A food related question. Go on then. Good one. If you could have one cuisine for the rest of your life, what would it be? Mexico. Yes. Same, Johnny the best um i would I, I, w- I would i would i would say mexican as well because um i think mexican flavors are some of the best however i feel like i've done a disjustice to my my burger kingdom so mm. is that cuisine listen i don't know what would you would you call it american what i don't even know because cuisine you would call a burger well i suppose you could but then if you had american for the rest of your life that's a pretty i mean you'd be massive but like that's a pretty good diet because you could do like pancakes and your waffles in the morning or like your normal like fry up and then you've obviously got like burgers um yeah like ribs ribs steak 
yeah um, yeah waffles ice cream sundaes but mexican breakfasts are good as well or turkish Huevos rancheros. Huevos. Oh, yeah. good. Um, the, the, the grazing shed. There you go, Johnny. One Barrack Lane, Cardiff. Grazing shed. I'll just look it up. I can't say I've been there. I might die, I don't I can't really remember. I don't go all very often. Okay. I did uh, Viva Brazil the other day. Not that that's, you know, anything special, but it's all right. No. Chicken well, heart as well. Yeah, I hope, I hope this is all curry counted. I had a, well, this, well, I put something in. This was like two weeks ago. I think it was just. I think it was literally. Oh, it was two, it was two weeks ago before I started dieting. Of course, it was yeah. The other day. I mean, it was two weeks ago. Shit. It was shit. two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks you, ago. You remind yeah. me of clients that you catch out on Instagram, and they they give you some sort of update, and then you're like, "Hang on a minute, I think someone's telling porkies." The day after I started the diet. Come on, I am fourteen pound down already. Come on. All right, all right. pretty big balls. Um, la- last question then. Last question. Hit me. Well, it, I, I won't. I don't hear women. But <laughs> um, <laughs> not again, anyway. Uh, landed me in trouble last time. <laughs> win now. Um, would you rather... <laughs> you know, the question's coming. I've got to get this the right way around now as well. Would you rather be attacked by a horse-sized duck or a thousand duck-sized horses? Um, yeah, I thought about, thought about this the other day. Um, horse-sized duck... Yeah, okay. horse-sized duck. I like ducks, though. Okay. But yeah. The question is, another question, would you be able to, what's the other one? What's 100? Horse-sized ducks. No, duck-sized horses. Duck-sized horses. Yes. yes. Duck-sized, could you, if you were going to attack, would you be able to boot a duck-sized horse in the head? Not many of them. You break no, your foot. Of, mm-hmm. No, not out of like animal cruelty. Not. Oh, you, oh, you mean would you actually be able to, like, yeah. like oh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get, I'm going to die by Lord Little Things. See, I think that would be more overwhelming than actually just like a horse-sized duck. Hmm. Thing is, how quick would a duck-sized horse be? What's the horse? Just small. It's still waddle. Still lightning. Well... No, it's a horse. It's not a duck. The big oh. duck, the big thing would waddle because it's a duck. Oh, yeah. But the little horses will still. They'll be like little Jack Terriers. Just they'd be, but they'd be muscular. They wouldn't run as fast. Not as fast as an actual horse. Like a full size horse, but they'll still be pretty fast. Like imagine they're still legged. And a hundred of them, it's quite a lot. I mean, this is the fitness content that we need to get out to people. I mean, this sure. is what needs to go on social I, media. I've, I've got one more question anyway. Mile High Club okay. or not? No. Cool. Can I have a That's the question no, everyone wants to know the answer to. I do know people that have. Um we had we have crew rest, so we have uh most is this, like, oh, is this crew to crew though or crew yeah. to ah hmm. uh, i crew to crew um but then i do know some stories of crew and passengers and then there's also passengers and passengers um that crew and passengers that's that, that's quick work isn't it yeah not work yeah. I, I i just find it interesting how people kind of get away about getting caught or actually do they just do it and not care about getting caught um, I don't know how they do it in the toilets and don't get caught. Um, how do like, you do it anywhere else? Oh well, like we have first class and business class, so they have beds. They have sweet. They have yeah, sweets. It's they open. Have suites. It's open though, right? Yeah, but it's completely dark during the night. So like you'd walk through sometimes and you'd be like, oh, where's where's eleven B? And then you'd be like, oh, eleven B's in with thirteen A. <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. Yeah, it does. Honestly, mate, it does. Is it, is it frowned upon and just go, oh, crack on, whatever? Yeah, it's kind of illegal, Johnny. 
There's a lot of things that are illegal. Is it illegal? Is it like, illegal? Like, I suppose it public. is actually, yeah. I suppose that's counsels in public, doesn't it? So. Yeah, in public. But do they think they pay like, whatever, 20 grand for a flight? They can do what they like. Yeah. Yeah, but everyone else is also paying 20 grand around it. Yeah, but they, maybe, they, maybe they did not get the opportunity that that guy did. Do you know what did amaze me? The amount of people that still smoke in toilets on aircraft. That is, like, honestly astounding. Like, you just think this moronic. Honestly, desperation. It's, it's absolute desperation. It's moronic. It yeah, i got some funny stories, though. Maybe we'll save that for another another okay. time. <laughs> okay. Just I just wanted to come up with the content that everyone wants to hear. In Mile so, High Club. Yeah. Yeah, no. Mile High Club. Smoking in toilets. Anything else? Um, yeah, I should have asked. Like, what's the what's the most interesting thing that's happened on a plane? I will tell you what. Before you, while you think of that, I uh, I'll tell a story about on uh, when I went to Vegas. I was on a uh, an outdoor nightclub, and I heard some local accents. I thought they must be near from where I'm from. They sound very familiar. And uh, one of my friends got uh, let's say lucky with one of these group of girls we were chatting to. Um, I think he was probably the only one single in the group actually but not that he's really part of the conversation but still um, and uh, yeah found out they were flight attendants um, on our flight on the way home I bet that was comfortable for the said girl so yeah yeah I, I, I had to sit in a fucking uh, corridor at like 5am waiting to get into my room because I obviously couldn't go into my room because my friend was making use of said oh, room that would be unacceptable unfortunately I'd be uh, sleeping you were finding somewhere else yeah sunshine. Well, things you do for friends. I also got, what's the word? Accosted. I don't know if that's the right word, but I'll use it. Accosted by multiple women asking me if I wanted to go party. Oh, come on, Brett. Mate, you... they were prostitutes. <laughs> oh, right, okay. They were prostitutes. They, they, well, they, maybe not prostitutes. They were escorts in a, obviously, fancy hotel. That they... basically saying, do I want to come and, you know, pay, them, pay them some money for fun? So I was like, no, this is my stag do. I'm not doing that. So, they try and persuade you. you laugh not really. They just went. They've moved on, mate. I think they realised I was in no capacity or shape, or probably had the funds to. So, probably thought, I don't know why I'm sure asking him actually because he's going to have no chance. So, hey, anyway, best. sorry. So, moving on. What's the What's the most interesting thing that's happened on an airplane? Um. Oh God, you know what? I'm sure there's so many, but I, you just kind of they all just blur into one after a while. Had some cool people on. Had some scary situations as well, like medicals and stuff like that. Um, so have I, and I've not even had a flight attendant. I had someone yeah, die in the middle of an aisle once. Have you ever had that happen? Is that anything that serious? What was happened? that? Someone died on on one of the flights I was on once. No, but I have had colleagues that have had, like, we've got the defib back and stuff. Is this normal? They, yeah. they, they, no, no, listen. No, let me explain the bit what I'm asking is normal. They put a sheet over the body in the middle of the aisle. Is that normal? And left it there? No. That's not normal. You're supposed to put them in a seat and make them look like they've been sleeping. What? Yeah, but how, how can you can't, I can't say all this. you can't? Yeah, I really shouldn't say all this. No, but you can't do that while people have seen what's the leading up to that event. As in, I've just seen him like go in the middle of the aisle and they tried to resuscitate. Can't. He's now dead. It's very. The thing is, with stuff like that, like obviously we have a set of procedures and a set. Of, we don't even work for them anymore. Obviously there are a set of procedures in place, but it's very airline dependent and something like that. Like even though there's black and white procedures, obviously like stuff like that is just so situational well, and you kind of lot, just do, yeah. yeah, you just do the best with what you can on the day. I have, um, I have shared a, shared a lift with Flo Rider in oh, Dubai. That was quite fun. So me and my colleague, like, we um all the crew had gone up and we were the like manager and supervisor and we were like wandering last to over to the lift and like 
we both just turned around and we were like, that's a fair ride. Yeah. I, we, I, I, we got into, it gets better. We got into the lift, door closes, and he's like obviously like chained up, all these gold chains, still wearing his sunglasses in the lift. Obvious. And me and my friend, um, she just turns around to him and she goes, so are you here on holiday? <laughs> <laughs> He's a bit of a bit of a unit as well, isn't he? He's a bit of a unit. He's definitely taking steroids. Um, I was going to say I can beat that. I once sat what? next to DJ Sammy on a flight to Magaluf. Did you recognise him? That's the sad thing. No, do you know? Well, actually, you know, I didn't recognise. Although I knew something was going on because he was checking in massive instruments um, at the start, and then I'll be honest, it was an economy flight, like an EasyJet or something. So let's be honest, it wasn't particularly impressive, um, but. I, I thought there must be something like a musician or something going out. I don't know. Like there's a lot of kerfuffle what was going on at the start of checking all those instruments. Um, and it was only that same evening that, and I don't know why, but in my apartment we had like UK TV on and he was on, and I don't think he's even on anymore, but what's Top of the Pops? I was like, holy shit, that's the dude I sat next to on the plane. And I didn't, and that, that was the first time I, I knew who it was. So, yeah, I'm sorry, but Flow Rider is is a far bigger concern than DJ Sammy. I only I only <laughs> noticed the only the only, the only reason I really clocked like as in paid attention to what he looked like is because he had this like braid thing in the back of his head. He had like a curly curly kind of hair back, but he had like what looked like one dreadlock type thing, like a thick one at the back of his head. And obviously it was unusual. So um, yeah, that's how I, I thought that's definitely him. He's, he's obviously out here doing some gig or something I don't know I sat next to nobody famous on a flight or anything interesting but anything on a flight when do I beat the ones on a flight where everybody's off their head going over and like corpses coming back yeah that was that's quite standard for the Ibiza runs yeah. but it, it, I, it was it was annoying the first flight over it's, I hate every one of you on here I've got a few others actually I spudded Marwam Chamak in uh, in a nightclub queue in Vegas stole my Ooh. friend's driving licence who's that Ex-Arsenal striker, remember? Chamak? Arsenal. No. Matt, oh, the skinny guy. Yeah, 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 that weird mullet. Oh, you're making yeah. me think of all the famous people I've had now. Oh, loads. I bet you've had loads of famous people, haven't you? Dwight, you're... Yeah, I bet you've had him. He's had most legend. women. You yeah. like the legend. He's really rude. I bet um, he is. Uh, <laughs> Sam Neill, the Jurassic Park actor. Who? Very nice. You get it, Sam Neill. Oh, Sam Neill. Oh, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. as well. I would, I'd, have, I'd have said Sam Neill as of uh, what's the uh, oh no what's the the film with the boat the boat sinks Titanic well okay yes I'll give you that a boat does sink in the Titanic no with Sam Neill in it uh, something I was going to say Cape Fear but it's not Cape Fear but something like yeah. No Fear Ah, oh, it's a really famous film and I was going to say like that's surely he's more famous for that even that I, I kind of the most people know him from Peaky Blinders or Jurassic Park, that's the thing. Peaky Blinders? Yeah, he's in Peaky Blinders. Is that right? Yeah, he's in the, um, he's the policeman. Of course he is. Yeah, series. sorry, I forgot. Yeah. yeah, I forgot, I forgot. Well, no, he was, the, 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 the fucking boat ones are going to do me in now. I've got to try and remember what it is. Put it in the show notes. Put it in the show notes. <laughs> no, but the, the premise is him and his missus gets kind of hijacked in the middle of the ocean on a boat and he goes on like a one-man, like defense rampage type thing it's a really like intense thrilling film but it's probably in the early 90s that came out look so you're a young youngster then so how old am i 26 26 26 yeah oh you're not <laughs> no you're not no you're not, no, you're not. Oh, yeah. you're who is older than me 
Yeah. No comment. <laughs> uh, it's only the beard that makes me look older, that's it. Yeah, I've got a homeless dude, let's be honest. It's not the bald head that makes you look older, no. How fucking dare you? Yeah, yeah. That's unbelievable. I choose to go bald until that goes. That's it. Yeah. Couple of baldies. Anyway, right, I think uh, it's now time to. We've went out for that 108, it's gone to 126, so that's been some good value for people. Um, Amy Ramshed, do you want to. Um, Amy Rambo Ramshed, do you. Sorry, Ramshed, I'll get it right. Do you want to shout out your socials, your name of your podcast? Is it not enough uh, fitness? Not a fitness podcast? Yeah, so um, thank you. Yes, so I have a podcast that we release episode every Monday. It's called Not Another Fitness Podcast. Why is it on a Monday? Why is it always on a Monday? Uh, We just started it and like Andy's like really regimented about it now. He's like, we will not miss a week. Although he's about to have a baby in January. So I'm like, "Mm, we'll see how long that goes for. So um, yeah, just every Monday um, with new episode of the Not Another Fitness Podcast, myself and my good friend Andy. Uh, Sorry, sorry, I'm going to interrupt you again. Is it, is it, is it, yeah, I do. Sorry, Johnny. Um, is it a sarcastic, oh, not another fitness podcast? Or is it, no, this is not another fitness podcast? It's which, uh, I mean, go figure. It's we, that's why we went with the name, to be honest. Because okay. it's, however, it's a lot of fun. It's a little bit educational. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of banter. Um, there's a lot of chat, pretty much like this one, to be honest. Um, well, hopefully yeah. people enjoy it then. Yeah, no, it's good fun. And then you can find me over on Instagram as well um, at Coach Amy Rams with a Z, so R A M Z. Yeah, and I'm over there. Rams, yeah. Um, and as we've just discussed, I post very sporadically with things that are inspirational for me. There's uh, a few stories every so often, um, and yeah. But if they want, if someone listening wants to work with you, they can contact you there. Yeah. They can contact they me there, like the yeah. Idea of um, saying, I'd like to work with Amy. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't think I'm too shabby at what I do. <laughs> no, it's, um, yeah, I've got a couple of coaching spots available at the moment. So, yeah, if anyone does resonate with the content that I put out, um, then, yeah, that's where you'll find me. Wow. Especially huh? Especially if you're in shifts. Especially if you work shifts, yes. So thank you very much for having me, boys. That was should, fun. Yeah, it was fun. You should go back to like the what was your Instagram before the flying coach, the flying food coach, food coach. You should go back to, or you can change it now to be the specialist shift, shift worker. Maybe that is a USP. Coach. Andy kept saying um, he was like, you should be the the furloughed food coach. I was like, thanks. Yeah, it works. <laughs> Uh, right thank you very much for coming on i've enjoyed it i think hopefully the listeners will you've got 90 minutes of enjoying it so if you made it this far well done um but no uh we'll have you on again at some point i'm sure just for the bants it's, it's very fun so um yeah that was thank fun you for coming on no thank you thank you for having me always good to get some differences of uh perspective and um yeah benefit from your experience both of you so thank you mm. well, trisha next time yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, Johnny, what do we say next? How, how offensive do you want it to be? I don't know. However offensive you want it to be. You, you never normally hold back. No, it's a, not. As per the feedback we often it's get. Some, some, something like Toodle Pip or Avida saying or Chow is another one. Um, what they say in China? COVID. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.